The future of work and the future for workers is changing. From new technologies and talent strategies to the management of tomorrow's workforce. Tap in to Manpower Group Talent Solutions' 60 years of expertise and join us for the Transform Talent podcast, your guide to talent market trends, new technologies, and winning talent solutions. Hello and welcome to the 20th episode of the Transform Talent podcast. We are your hosts, Dominika Gausa and April Clark. Today, we would like to talk about maturity models what it is and how different organizations can leverage a maturity model to drive long-lasting change. We will learn how adaptable maturity models are, as well as what companies should be thinking about when looking to start working with such models. And to discuss this, we have invited Dave Winsborough, co-founder of Deeper Signals. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. It's great to have you here joining us all the way from New Zealand. Oh, thank you very much. It's very nice to be here. I've just finished the three and a half thousand kilometer motorcycle ride. <laughs> so let's start with an easy question. So can you tell us about yourself and how Deeper Signals helps organizations better understand themselves? Sure. Well, uh, myself, well, you know that I ride motorbikes and that I live in beautiful New Zealand. I live in the north part of New Zealand, the subtropical part. I started Deeper Signals with some colleagues maybe three or four years ago, after we saw that the kind of insight and assessment, psychological assessment that was given to executives, you know, that is the foundation of coaching and helping people identify strengths and weaknesses and just gaining insight into their style, just wasn't available at scale. And so uh, we set out to build a thoroughly modern assessment that is free from bias uh, that organizations can deploy for every single person in the organization. And uh, and that is the mission that Deeper Signals is on. And so far, I think, you know, we're approaching something in the order of half a million people who've taken the assessment. So you know, we, we're progressing well. So I know that Deeper Signals is working with maturity models. So could you please explain to us what a maturity model is? If you think about a small organization... Uh, so, you know, we'll say anywhere from kind of, you know, 10 to 50 people, then the way that organizations go about sourcing talent and, and bringing, bringing people into the organization is frequently haphazard, as in you may be, you may be interviewed and there might be one interview or two interviews and, and then you're hired and then it's like, you know, start work and crack into it. And, and the experience for lots of people is bewildering and, you know, there may not be any onboarding process. There may be, you know, there's no kind of structured development and should things go wrong, you know, you just might be summarily fired or let go or without much in the way of feedback. And that is probably the reality for most people employed in uh, most organizations across the entire world. And what a maturity model does is it's a, a set of statements by the organization. So a maturity model simply says there are some standards that we will try and reach in terms of how we look for people, how we bring people on, how we manage them in the organization, and uh, and how we how we kind of progress them through the employee life cycle. 
again, you know, like, like a, a probably a good example would be the way that an, an organisation like McKinsey has for many years been very clear with, with the people who join McKinsey that, uh, you know, they make the, the, the kind of employee journey really clear. Very few people are going to make it to become a McKinsey partner or an associate. Most people are going to be with the firm for a period of time. But McKinsey makes strenuous efforts to stay in touch with people, even when they leave the organisation and try and remain useful, which is obviously good from the organisation's perspective. But but uh, is a very mature way of, you know, building and maintaining a pool of talent and potential clients. So, well, we can, we'll dive more into it, but, you know, that gives you a flavor. That's really interesting. You know, I had actually read that uh, maturity models have been developed for use in the software industry. So, you know, I really appreciate your perspective on how it's being used in business. Can you expand on that? Well, uh, you're 100% right. The concept came from the U.S. Department of Defense as, as they were starting to get software developed, wanted to, you know, regularize and, and just lift the quality of software and ended up working, setting up an institute at Carnegie Mellon uh, University. So most people will know that the capability software maturity model came out of uh, Carnegie, but it, it did predate that. And that maturity model had the insight that in order to, as organizations progress in their, in their building of software and digitizing of process, that they had to solve a series of problems. And the way that they go about solving those problems, it could be, could be structured. So that, that's the kind of foundation of the, of the software maturity model. But again, if you know, if we think of an example, it, you know, small organization goes and and says, oh, we, you know, we want to, you know, we want to automate something, or we want to build an app, and they they you know go down to the road to the local kind of web store, or they might they might know someone, you know, someone knows someone who's who's good, or and they they get a piece of software developed, but just having that software, you know, you you instantly start a host of problems. So you know, somehow we've got to maintain it. And what happens if the person who originally built it leaves or, you know, she, uh, you know, she goes off and joins a big organization is no longer available. Then we, we, you know, what do we do? We get someone else in and they look at the code and they go, this code is crap or I don't understand how this works. So you can instantly see that, that a more mature approach is to, is to be more structured in the way that the code itself is, is described and maintained and the maturity model extends into thinking about, you know, as, as organizations layer this stuff on top, uh, being clear about our overall strategy, understanding how, uh, you know, we source suppliers and manage those relationships, as well as just simply, you know, go and get a piece of software and make sure it works. So the maturity model just sets out increasingly sophisticated steps for how organizations go about sourcing, building, maintaining, replacing, developing software in, in the organizations. Uh, and, and of course, you know, in, in the software space, it gets quite technical. But all these standards are kind of open source. So there's no, there's no magic. There's a million consultants who will be, you know, trying to sell you what, what they particularly do. But most of the stuff's open source. You know, just recently, it's it's been applied much more recently in the 2000s. It's been applied to talent. 
That's exactly where I was headed, Dave. I was wondering, you know, can you tell me a little bit about how an organization can leverage maturity models to assess their practices? So that first step in their maturity model. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know we've done some work with manpower. About, you know, the first step is exactly what you said. It's, it's a recognition that that we should just assess how we go about. I, I hate the word managing, but you know how we go about relating to people in our organization in a way which is is not haphazard and you know typically that that is going to start less from the kind of frontline hiring manager perspective and probably more from a more central corporate so you know maturity models are the are the domain for the most part right now of larger organizations and it's just a flat out fact that larger organizations are better run than smaller organizations. You know, we we laud kind of startups and but but startups are, are so busy consumed with the mission that many of the effective processes and frankly kind of you know humane and rational practices aren't done on the spot. And that is no way to grow an organization. So Anyone who is serious, any, you know, we, we say all the time, you know, talent matters. It's really hard to source good talent. Well, it might be hard to source it, but, you know, we should think hard about where does talent lie and um, how do we go about positioning ourselves so that, that talented people would be interested in us? And then how do we go about hiring people, uh, you know, selecting talent? How do we go about understanding uh, the relationship between what our di- strategic direction is and the kinds of people that we'll need, not just now, but maybe in three or five years, which is obviously going to, dev- um, you know, inform our our development processes. And for larger organisations, understanding, you know, getting into the kind of analytics, like what is the nature of our workforce, which leads obviously into the kind of, you know, DNI space. So, so I think that from a human capital perspective, maturity models are the hallmark of organizations who are really beginning to take the effective management of talent seriously. So Dave, when working with you, we learned that organizations can be evaluated by the level of maturity. So can you please describe how scoring works across the model? The best way to think of it is If you imagine a continuum, at one end, you've got chaos, which is, you know, frontline managers doing crazy ass things and, um, you know, hiring and firing people and and not being concerned about uh, anything like diversity and inclusion. I just want the best people. And and at the other end, you have organisations who highly, highly structured and thought through. And it's simply a matter of defining the steps between chaos and extremely well managed, and 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 we can you know you know just as you heard me do you can sort of describe level level one is nobody you know everybody's doing whatever they want and no one's got any kind of clear strategic thought or it's just a scramble to get people on board through to you know very very mature approach to the identification and sourcing of talent. What would be a good example? Like a really good example. I don't know if you guys remember some years back, Heineken ran a series of ads that 
invited invited people to kind of join part of a um, this kind of crazy selection process. It was a very funny ad, uh, and it ended with one guy on the field at one of the uh, football cup finals, um, learning that he was going to be hired into Heineken. The the beautiful thing about that is, you know, Heineken is using its its branding and its positioning and its kind of you know its connection with sport in order to attract talent. You know, that's a very sophisticated approach to talent as opposed to um, a very low rent approach, which would be, you know, scratching around in the market, sending up ads and and hoping that we just, um, we find someone. So, so scoring is simply defining a series of steps between chaos and extremely well-managed and, and having organized, you know, describing what those are across a number of domains. And those domains might be, uh, you know, how we source talent, how we bring talent on, how we develop talent, how we, uh, you know, the kind of analytics and understanding the nature of our workforce and how we go about doing things like workforce planning, talent growth, and, uh, you know, through to thinking about longer term things like um, corporate social responsibility and how our talent policy plays out in that world. That sounds uh, actually very fascinating. Thinking about that, that kind of model can, can uh, you know, showcase a lot for an organization. So what comes to mind, you know, is a question about what makes a maturity model superior in terms of helping organizations drive long-lasting change? John Van Rienen and Nick Bloom, one at Stanford and one at the London School of Economics, uh, have for many years now been looking at what it is that differentiates um, productive firms from uh, non-productive firms. And, you know, the beautiful thing about this study, it, it just it, extremely well designed, a very long term. So this thing's been running, you know, decades now. Well, it must be close to decades. Their work has been popularized, I think, uh, by McKinsey. They had a partnership with McKinsey. One of the one of the things that they have shown is that multinational firms are better run than firms that just operate in one market. That larger firms more productive, better run than smaller firms, and that family run firms, by and large, are very poorly run and they you know the the thing about this study was that they looked at management practices as one of the critical differentiators you know and beyond you know your market position or the particular industry that you're in or the geography that you are in the more that you pay attention to being well managed as in being thoughtful uh, having consistent processes, having processes that are well-defined, having people in the organization who are extremely well-trained, investing in your people, and even to things like, you know, giving uh, giving managers and people uh, feedback, key differentiators in profitability. So, and not just profitability, but but people's experience of those organizations is uh, is you know that they they enjoy working for better run firms it's just you know it's like playing on a on a good team versus playing on a kind of um scratch amateur team that is out of its depth so the, the effect of a, a, a maturity model for an organization is to begin to tighten up the way that it goes about doing things and set some goals and some standards so uh you know i don't think that process ever ends 
I mean, I will say, I, I think uh, yeah, it's horses for courses. So it's a bit like the quality movement, you know, when quality was um, this huge thing and, and firms tied themselves in knots to try and, you know, get the Baldridge Awards or, you know, that is not the goal. You know, the goal is not to instill, institute, a, you know, human capital maturity model. The goal is to have a really well-run firm and the maturity model is simply a tool that, that can help you get there. So the tool that we built with manpower, you know, the goal is not, the end is not to just increase your score, right? The, the, the goal is to um, is to have a really well-run firm. So these, these things aren't an end in themselves. They're just tools. I think that's a great point, Dave. You know, you're, every organization is different. Every organization has a different corporate strategy, a different culture. It sounds like maturity models are very adaptable. Can you touch on that a little bit for, you know, what an organization can expect, how that relates to their culture? Yeah, actually, that's a superb point. I think so. So I just I just have to think about that for a second. You know, cultures instilled often from founders. So the best example, Uber, right? So I don't know if you've seen the was it Netflix. Someone had a um, a documentary about or a kind of docudrama about Travis Kalanick and the approach that he took to building Uber, which was very aggressive. Uh, very kind of macho, very male, uh, and and Uber was enormously successful, but you know a very painful place to work, and you know possibly even harmful to the people in it and the people around it uh, and its and its kind of ecosystem. A maturity model. Um, so, so the the I can't remember the the name of the the guy that stepped into into taking over from Travis, but he has instituted you know, much more, much clearer policies and processes about how the organization goes about doing what it does. You know, is that countercultural? It probably is, but in the in the service of trying to build a um, a better organization, I think that organizations can pick and choose. You don't have to transform every single thing that's described in a maturity model. So it touches on all aspects of of the employee life cycle but but i think you know a small organization might just say you know we're interested in in better hiring you know we we want to take a longer term view of hiring we want to you know build out our profile or we want a better employee experience on the inside you know that's so so i think you can look at pain points in the organization and pick and choose from a maturity model and go, yeah, I think if we were able to do this, you know, that would, that would help and fit with, fit with the culture. So I love the example of Uber. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about with that movie. How would you leverage? So we talked a little bit about Uber culture. How would you leverage the assessment to benchmark culture? You know, in general, you know, how do you determine those benchmarks and to create stable teams? Well, uh, well, I think I mean you just got to commit to repeating repeating the assessment. The, the the I mean the assessment that we're talking about is painless for the life of me. I can't remember how many items, but there's there's maybe you know fifty odd uh, statements less that that an organisation chooses from. You know that we see this menu and and it's like you know where are we in respect of uh, you know how we go about developing people or to what extent do uh, do our leaders get involved in understanding the analytics of the workforce, the makeup of the workforce? So these things, these things are utterly painless. 
the commitment is in repeating it and uh, and remaining committed to to the course and uh, and using the information, especially at the top of the house, you know, at the top of the organization, you know, getting these people engaged and involved and thinking seriously about lifting the game in the way that we look after and manage the kind of human, I hate human capital, can't think of a better word, the talent, you know, the people. In, in New Zealand, we have, we have a phrase, hey, tangata, hey, tangata, hey, tangata. You know, what is the most important thing? It is the people, the people, the people. So uh, th- these models help help leaders orient towards making sure that the way that we that we look after and manage other human beings for the good of the organization is top of mind. So could you please uh, share an example of a client that is using a maturity model to benchmark progress? And could you perhaps share with us how the clients set goals, for example, how aggressive they are? I can think of an organization in a South American country that grew very quickly in its particular market. I can't name it. Uh, in its particular market, it has a you know an extremely ambitious and goal-directed leader, you know, who's out to make a significant difference in the industry. It's grown very quickly and uh, and it's now tripping over itself in that, you know, the organization is um, has lots of people on board, uh, but they've hired sometimes so fast that people are sitting around going, oh, you know, what do I do? And other people, uh, it's like, oh, well, you know, you meant to be doing this, but someone else seems to be doing that. So that organization has has started the journey and has highlighted the way in which we understand, you know, try to regularize our understanding of who we have. So kind of skills audits, like who have we got for these kind of roles uh, and is trying to change the way that it deploys people on the inside. So, you know, you can imagine in fast, agile organizations, we need to, you know, that, that are run more as a series of projects rather than, a, a you know, kind of a big organization that's just turning the handle and, you know, has people in place like a bank, you know, you're a teller, you're a, you know, you're a, you're a card marketer or whatever it is. Um, so this organization has sought to uh, so identify people's skills and capabilities, give them that feedback, and then upgrade. It's kind of the way that it builds and deploys teams of people in order to, you know, to better meet its mission. So just that one thing absolutely fits with their culture. And they aren't worrying too much about, about other stuff right now, which is fine, you know. I mean, there's no law that says you have to have a maturity model. But as I said before, you know, as, as organizations begin to take the job of managing themselves more seriously and they regard it as a, you know, as a fundamental strategic capability, you know, something that differentiates their ability to execute, then uh, things like, uh, you know, human capital maturity models. Based on your experience, how do you think most organizations are doing from a maturity perspective? I just think that most people work in organizations that are just badly managed. And that's because the organizations, especially small organizations, you know, they're just consumed with we've got to earn the money. And 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 it takes, you've got to cross, you know, leaders have to cross a line at some point and go, in order to do better at this, we 
you know, we we have to learn to run our organization better, which means, you know, we need to we need to manage our people in more thoughtful and considerate and rational ways instead of being reactive. So, you know, the bodega on the corner that just treats people as a as a resource and one person is the same as the other is going to learn that, you know, you hire someone who's really, who dislikes people and is rude and unhelpful, well, they're going to lose customers. And being thoughtful is going, oh, right, you know, maybe we need to start choosing a particular sort of person, which isn't hard. But but if you're scratching for pennies or, you know, you're always worried or you're just greedy and you just want money and you don't care about everything else, then then you doom people to work in organisations that are suboptimal and, and frankly, painful. Uh, and I, I just think people deserve a whole lot better, which is why these more structured approaches produce more humane and, and enjoyable workforces. You know, you spend a third of your life at work. Most of that time should be uh, enjoyable, if not joyous. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, that was such a, such a great insight. So I have a last question to you. What is your advice for organizations that are looking to start working with uh, maturity models? I think they should contact Manpower. Uh, you know, you can Google this stuff. Like I said, it's, it's all open source. And I think just step back and, and, you know, start, ask the question, could we be better could we better manage the way we manage our people? Uh, and if the answer is yes, then then it's simply going, let's let's be structured in the way that we think about that. Let's think about where we find people, the kinds of people that we want, how we bring them on. You know, it's just asking a series of questions. So, so I, you know, none of this stuff is rocket science. And and I think, I mean, you know, for me, I think whoever leads the firm, that person should own it because it matters that much that was uh, that was great thank you dave and uh, thank you so much for joining us today on our 20th episode of the transform talent podcast and to all our listeners don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review in your favorite podcast listening app we'll see you at the next episode the transform talent podcast because we know the right talent transforms organizations and helps your business flourish Talent Solutions, Business and Talent Aligned.